Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Donna Campbell. Donna Campbell, considered a mind whisperer, combines her past knowledge, wisdom, and experience to assist you in creating and restoring a life of happiness, prosperity, and love with thought, form, energy healing. With over 25 combined years of professional experience, Donna is completing her book, Become Financially Fit, bringing together the financial world, the energy body, and the soul's essence. She travels as a motivational speaker, sharing her techniques during interactive workshops and maintains an international private practice. Her personal heart-centered healing philosophy is to create a world that is a better place for all to live. Welcome to the podcast, Donna. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here today. Thanks. So just so people can get to know you, why don't you tell us your story, like how you started out? I know you didn't start out doing what you're doing. So how you started out and how you actually got into what you're doing now. Okay. I'm formerly a financial advisor and a managing principal for an investment firm. And what that cost me in that career was my own health. I couldn't digest food. And what I didn't know or understand was that I was digesting an emotional energy, which was anger with what was going on, not only in the investment world, but also in my personal life within my own marriage. And after two years of going through utilizing Western medicine, doctors still weren't able to figure out what was wrong with me. And I went to gastroenterologists, I went to specialists, I went to internal medicine, I went to family medicine, you name it, I did it. And I had been labeled as stomach viral infection to acute pancreatitis to doing all kinds of crazy tests only to uncover that my gallbladder didn't work one day and they took it out and after testing, it was perfectly healthy. So two years later, after maxing out my own health insurance, I found a naturopathic doctor who practiced Chinese medicine. I said, let's look at some alternative routes. And after about three months of working with her, my stomach repaired itself. I was able to digest food. But in Chinese medicine, this was my introduction, that what you couldn't digest on the inside, there was something you couldn't digest on the outside. And that was my second wake up call. And that was when my marriage dissolved of 14 years because there was things within the marriage that I was not able to accept. And that was part of the anger that I was internalizing. My third wake up call came when I left the financial services industry, went to go work on myself, invoke my natural healing abilities and move into energy healing, which is what I do today. And I, myself, after living in an ashram, which is a spiritual living community for a year, was financially devastating. And I had three areas, health, wealth, and relationships that all fell apart within four years. And when I left the ashram, I made a promise to dedicate my life to understand what all of these emotions, all of these qualities, the mindset, what is needed, all of the common factors, because it was me, to not only change my life, but how can I affect and change the lives of others? And so that is what got me onto my path of what I do today. All right. So, and today you're working with people one-on-one or in groups or both? (laughs) Both. Um, I'm considered 
the mind whisperer because I have this innate ability to find the subconscious hidden energy that's in you that you may not be aware of to help you pivot and shift that into an energy or a vibration that you do want, which is how the law of attraction is designed to work. And I do this individually with clients internationally. I'm just putting out a program called the Financially Fit Program, where we can do this in a group setting as well. And I've been transitioning to writing. And you mentioned the book Financially Fit. It is a it is completed, is on Amazon. It's a number one international bestseller today. And from there, speaking and going on to different platforms. Okay, beautiful. So how does what we think and our beliefs affect our money? <laughs> that is a great question because we live in a vibrational universe. And that vibrational universe is only reading the energy, which is emotion or feeling that we are sending out. Nikola Tesla said, if you wanna know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And that's exactly what our words, our thoughts, our emotions and feelings have in common. So when you hold a thought, it's on the conscious level and you're only aware of that thought 10% of the time. We have over 60,000 thoughts a day and you only know 10% of them. Mm -hmm. So what is the rest doing? And it's not just the thought, it's the emotion or the feeling behind the thought. So if you imagine driving a car, it gets low on gas, you have to feel it back up. Mm -hmm. Well, that emotion and feeling is what fuels the thought into existence. And in the universe, it's reading what that frequency is and is what that's returning back to you. And it doesn't matter if you're thinking about your money, if you're thinking about relationships, if you're thinking about yourself or your health, it's always gonna return that frequency back to you. And that is what creates your reality. Wow. It sounds a little bit complex even. So I can make it really <laughs> simple with an example if you'd like. Please, please give me an example. <laughs> so, with our money, which was the scope of the question, often when I work with clients, they get down to the root energy of not feeling worthy, not um, knowing that they were valued, not feeling appreciated somewhere in childhood. Well, with our money supply in the financial services world, we use those exact same words. What is your net worth? How much did your portfolio appreciate? What is the value of your assets? Do you have enough money for your children's college education fund? And so how you feel about that in that term relates to how you feel as a divine essence and who you are in that essence sense affects your money because money is emotional. Meaning that Money itself doesn't do anything. It's energy, it's outside of you, but it doesn't move forward in any way until you imply an energy or an intent to it. And it's picking up that same frequency, just like the universe and responding based on how you feel on the inside. So if you are worried and stressed and under pressure and wondering if you have lack energy, your money is gonna be lacking in your energy supply. But if you feel plentiful and abundant and happy, your money's going to return that to you as well. 
Okay. Well, that makes definitely makes more sense. And I never thought of comparing it to the, the terms that we use when we talk about money all the time. We do. Yes. The words are the same. The feelings behind it are the same. We think because we have intention, it's different. And the universe is just reading the energy code. So, you know, you can think of a dating scenario. You were dating a person and after a while you didn't want to date them. You start resisting. Well, you're sending that message of resistance out everywhere. So you start resisting in your health. You start resisting in your finances. This was an actual client story of mine. And um, she she, (laughs) came one day and sat down and it's like the first words are, what are you resisting? And they're like, how did you know I was resisting? And it's like, well, because you can feel it. Mm-hmm. And, and you just knew. And it's exactly like how pheromones work. So some people we attract to us, some people we repel, but we don't always know the scent that we pick up. Same thing with the energy field. You can read that energy code and some things will attract and other things will repel away just by the vibrational frequency you are in. Mm-hmm. So if someone is, let's say they're uh, wanting to, to go out and date, but they're having this resistance or this other thing, how do they actually change that so that they can change their frequency? The first step is self-awareness to see how it really feels. A lot of people, especially in the dating environment, there's a lot of fear around that. What if I find my soulmate? Because they're so used to being by themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that fear will stop them. And so we put in that little bit of energy of resistance. Well, I go further, that's the surface level. And we start drilling down with the questions from the conscious mind to the subconscious mind. And we can find out what that resistance feels like, what that um, emotion is underneath the resistance, where it's located out in the body. How did it get located there? When was the first time you felt that in that? And most of the time it goes back to when you were little, to childhood, to something that started the whole snowball effect. And then we can see what it was that you needed in that situation. It might've going back to a situation where you felt embarrassed or ashamed and you didn't need that in the moment you needed to be loved and nurtured. So when we uncover what it was that you wanted through, (laughs) I call it mind whispering, that art of mind whispering, we can pivot and shift that energy and change it on that deep subconscious level, which shifts and changes your DNA. The client feels it in the moment and the new coding takes place. The events don't change, but how you feel about it shifts and changes the entire perspective. Got it. So um, yeah, the mind whispering and then um, there's something else I was reading in there about just how you do things. Um, So what does that entail as far as um, when someone, for example, let's say something's coming from our childhood, is it something where um, it had to be an experience or is that like passed down? I've heard of like, you know, physical diseases being passed down and even certain things being passed down. Are those money things passed down to us? Absolutely, they are. And what you're talking about is the whole study of epigenetics, where our beliefs get encoded in the DNA and replay in the future generations. That's some of that blueprint encoding because we come with 
this instruction book. So how you start viewing and interacting with money, some of it might've been from generations before. So this work also works on that level because we can uncover where that was generationally, even if you weren't living at that time because the energy is still in the body and the subconscious knows the answers. So it might be five generations ago, 20 generations ago, but there's some sort of story that evolves around it that shows us what it is and what they need it. And those are the key points to it. Wow. So if someone has some of that going on, it doesn't matter if it's theirs or their families, you can still remove it. And does that keep it from moving on to the next generation then? Yes, it moves forward and it moves backward. So anytime you make a shift and change within you, DNA-wise, it shifts and changes the future generations that you are connected to. And because we went to the past to clear it, then it will shift and change things in the past as well, because there is no time according to physics. The past, the present, the future are all in this moment. The only thing that changes is your thought pattern. If you recalled yesterday, or if you think about tomorrow, but you're still sitting here today. Mm -hmm. So there's this famous movie, The Secret, and they talk about, you know, thinking about something and, you know, and, and bringing it in towards you or manifesting it. And they talk about, you know, it doesn't come immediately because if it did, there'd be an elephant in the room. So... <laughs> How does that all work? How do we actually get our thoughts in the right uh, position? Because I know there's been times when it's like, I really want something, but for some reason I don't manifest it. And I'm like, okay, so what's happening here? It's not that the desire wasn't there. Right. And that's because there's probably some hidden subconscious energy that you were unaware of stopping it. And it's finding that encodement to change it. So the energy moves all the way through. So here's how it works on that 90% that we're not aware of. And you can even do this with a muscle test. So if I was to be muscle tested, I would have my arm out and someone would say, this is a yes. And you would say, yes, and your arm would stay out straight and a no would condense down and it would drop. What's happening is, is this is a measurement of your energy field. So every time you go into a negative emotion a no, a low vibrating emotion, your energy field will condense down to your body. Well, on a subconscious level, if you have say anger or frustration because what you manifested for didn't happen when you wanted it to, your energy field is condensed. So it doesn't, can't go out to the universe to bring it to you until we shift that frustration to some other higher quality. Maybe you needed to feel accomplished. Maybe you needed to feel appreciated. And when you go into the higher frequency, it will extend out. So then that energy goes across the universe and back to bring you the very thing you asked for. So I would ask you, if you were to manifest and to create, what did it feel like not to have that item, what you were asking for, return? Okay. And then probably if my arm was out like yours was, it would like go down when I was thinking about. Right. Something that, right. So how did it feel not receiving what you asked for? What's the first word that comes to your mind? Um, just like you were talking about, uh, frustration or like, why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So we would look for that frustration. It might be disappointment that it didn't come in the way we wanted it to come. 
And then that is part of that hidden subconscious energy. So we would understand what that felt like, where it was at in the body, trace it back through the mind to where it originally started and change it to something more positive. So then when you go out and ask for your item again, it just happens without the disappointment or without the frustration stopping the energy from bringing to you. So that's like the secret within the secret because mm-hmm. they talk about the law of attraction, think and you'll grow rich or do this and this will happen. Mm-hmm. But yet we forget that there's emotions and feelings that give it fuel to either bring back or not bring back what we asked for. So let's say we want to stay up. You know, we want to keep our energy, our vibration up. How do we actually monitor that? How do we actually stay at a 10 all the time? (laughs) That can be a challenge because we're human and we're designed to experience human emotions. And there's five main emotions that we experience. Fear, anger, sadness, happiness, and love. And all of the other feelings are that, that we have really originate in one of these five emotions. And it's understanding, recognizing, and realizing the awareness of when you're in one of the lower three emotions, fear, anger, or sadness, understanding that you need to move into an energy of happiness or love, whatever sets of words we use. And then we can pivot and shift that energy to a different mindset which will keep you all the way, you know, closer to a 10. Can you do it a hundred percent of the time? I work on that every single day. And most days I'm 90, 95% there. Do I have a down day? Yes, I'm human. I'm meant to experience some of these other lower emotions as well, because we use them for the soul's evolution and growth to teach us something. But once you understand what it's teaching you, you don't need it anymore. You can release it, let it go and move into the higher, into the higher energies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't, so I know when I'm in a fear or I'm in a bad, you know, emotion that's not helping me. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have tools or techniques that you tell people to do to help them bring them out of that? Cause some of it, sometimes you're aware of it, but let's say it's something happening in your family, like someone's sick right now when they're you know very critically ill and so it's really hard to not keep going back to that thought of oh you know I'm worried about this person being sick and what if they die you know how do you keep bring yourself back up even in situations when it's from the outside it seems pretty dismal right and I would ask you are you worrying about that person because you're worrying Or is it a way for you to show that you care? And one of the things is if you can show that you care, or there's some action steps or something that you can do to demonstrate that you care, because that will override the worry. And then of course, the technique of pivot and shift is what is that worry showing you? What is it teaching you? When did it first happen to you? and then understand what it was needed at that time to release that worry. There's three key ingredients that I have found throughout the years that help with all of it. And it's a, it's a belief system of faith, trust, and belief. 
because we have to have faith. We need the trust and to believe that we're supported, we're loved, we're nurtured by the universe. I was given my own personal mantra years ago and it was, it said, trust and you will see, believe and you will know, have faith that all is well, follow your heart and spirit will lead you. And that came to me during some of the most difficult times of my life, but it helped me overcome the worry. It helped me overcome the stress. It helped me overcome the pressure, all of these different events and things going on. But I have a million little tiny tips that you can do during the day to pivot and shift the energy if you can't do it with the mind thoughts. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm just curious, how did you put all this together? I mean, when I think of people in the finance, they're kind of like all facts and logic. And here you are in this metaphysical space that there's facts there, but people have a harder time believing that piece, especially mm -hmm. if they're on this logical side. So how did you put it all together and, and actually get your mind around it? I started studying brainwave patterns, science, physics, math. I looked at it from that objective linear standpoint, but I also had these innate abilities that would happen. Um, I remember there was a time where when I was really sick, my hands would just get really hot and I couldn't figure that out. So I went down the rabbit hole of, well, apparently according to the, the Google universe, it says Reiki. So I went and studied that to have that understanding and started putting it together piece by piece by piece. And when I left that spiritual living community, there was a situation in my life that was incredibly unsafe. I had a spiritual partner that was supposed to be practicing all of these great truths with me who wasn't, but yet became physically abusive. And it was the opposite of what this magnificent life would have looked like to live. And I remember when I left, I traveled back to where I, where I started from and remember making the prayers of God, creator, universe, spirit, keep me safe, keep my children safe. And I will go into this healing energy world. Okay. And because I was kept safe and I landed where I landed, I um, went, okay, time to start my own business and start figuring this out. And I started working on clients. And I remember sitting in front of them, they would sit in front of me and they would say, um, I have X, Y, Z going on with me. And I would do a reading. And then I would imagine if there was behind an x-ray machine, where is the energy stuck at and why? And then I would help them release it so they could bring in the good things. And so things just started to unfold naturally. And so I was over here in the financial world. I swung way over here to this intuitive energy healing world and pushed all of that aside. And then what I discovered over the last two years is this common factor in the middle that brings both of these two worlds together. It's kind of like the sweet spot mm -hmm. and saw how it, each world balances. And that's what Financially Fit is all about doing. Wonderful. So this is something on your bio that you sent me, but What's the biggest mistake you might be making that's keeping you stuck? The biggest mistake that you might be making. Well, first is to be in denial and to ignore that you're stuck. 
And I think for me, it was being blind to what was going on in the situation that I was in, especially when my health turned, because I was denying everything and I couldn't see what it was. And that's probably the biggest thing that happens in everybody's situation is we have this idea or this thought of what we want it to be, but we ignore the reality of the situation of what it truly is. And when we open our eyes to what it truly is, only there can we make that change. Makes sense. So if someone finds themselves, let's say they're in a place where physically something's not right, they have a backache or whatever, whatever it is, should we just sit with it and just think first and then act? I know as soon as I have something going on with my body, I start grabbing my essential oils and grabbing my, I start yeah. grabbing for things to fix it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't always wait to just sit and say, yeah. what is this? Absolutely, because your body is talking to you. And if there's aches and pains, then there's something going on emotionally that put that ache and pain into the body to give you the wake up call to say, Hey, something here isn't right. Something here needs to change. And depending on where it's at in the body, the body is a map. So with the back, depending on the, t- uh, where it's at in the back, if it's in the lower, lower back, usually that has to do with support around finances. Um, if it's the middle of the back, it's about family or supporting a family. And if it's near the top here, it's about supporting the burdens of the world or carrying too much energetically for you. And then there's the left side and the right side, and then the masculine side and the feminine side. Absolutely. But, you know, often we are trained in our society to go out and, oh, I have this, let me go out here and do this to go fix it without understanding what the root cause is. And that's the difference between doing and being. Doing is a very masculine energy going out, action-oriented step. It's logical, it's linear, it's analytical. But the being side is a very feminine quality. And it's about creating intuition, inspiration. And if you can sense what's going on in the body, oh, I have a backache, sit for a moment or two or five. And you can just close your eyes, do some deep breaths. And if this pain could tell me what it was, what do I think it is? Mm -hmm. If this pain could share with me what I need to be aware of, what is it? And you will find the emotional components that are creating the tension in the body. So you know what needs to be worked on. And then you can go do what is needed to do. And the answer might be different than what you think or to what the normal go-to answer is. Makes sense. Now you're talking about the feminine and the masculine. Um, so when it comes to money, you know, it was, we started out kind of years ago in a uh, patriot, uh, like a, the, the man taking care of the woman, but now many women make a lot more money than the men do even. Yes. So what happens now in marriages and partnerships and men and women and and who's supposed to be making the money? Are they both right. supposed to be making the money? Is one, what are we supposed to be doing here? You're absolutely right. And I talk about some of this in Financially Fit. 
So yes, genetics through DNA, the man was the hunter, the woman was the gatherer. The man was supposed to go out and bring back the food so the woman can prepare it and put it out onto the table because they had to work together. And that's where that bring home the bacon phrase comes from. So now it's in today's society, years past, you know, the man would bring home the money and then the woman would still take care of the children and then take care of the house and make the meals and all of that because they were working together. Our society has changed so much over the years and with the different movements, women are now working in the workforce. Women tend to sometimes make more money than a man, which goes against the genetic and the DNA coding that we all had from generations past. So where do we go from here? Regardless of gender, each of us have two hemispheres in our brain, a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere. And one is more masculine oriented and one is more feminine oriented. And depending on where you're more feminine oriented or a masculine oriented, you tend to pair up with somebody that is the opposite to balance that in a marriage today. So if we were to tap into our feminine intuitive abilities for the ideas, the thoughts, the inspiration, then the masculine brain can come in and put into action those very thoughts, ideas, and inspiration. If you're just running around all day doing, 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 you don't have a direction or understanding that why, thanks to Simon Sinek, um, of why we're doing what we're doing, we're just doing. And the old way was women were supporting men in their jobs. But if we were to look at it from this focus of what hemisphere of brain you are dominant in, then your masculine brain can support your feminine brain. And then in the context of a relationship, you can maintain and have that balance, regardless if you're female or male, and one person is the supporting role to the other person based on brain dominance. And then in a healthy relationship, you would, should be able to shift back and forth between those. That, that makes sense to be able to just shift back and forth because Mm -hmm. um, I know I, when I go to work, I'm more in the masculine, but when I'm coming home, I want to be more in my feminine. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So if we want to keep um, our health good and our money flowing to us, um, what are your, what's your advice on that? The couple of things that I do for myself, and I call it self-care. But my version of self-care has changed over the years. Before it would be like a long spa day or I might spend the day reading. And in our society today, I don't, I don't have the physical time to always sit down and just take a whole day because I'm tending to a lot of different activities. Mm -hmm. So what I do do in this self-care realm is about every two or three hours, I stop whatever it is that I am doing. I leave my room and I go focus on something else. Now the something else is usually a sense. I might just focus on my breathing and feel myself breathe. I can feel the temperature when I breathe in and I feel the temperature when I breathe out. I might focus on hearing, how far can I hear? What are the sounds up close? And by directing on a physical sense, you stop the mind focus from the tasks that you are working on. And because you go back into that state of being with the feminine brain, then you are just being present in the moment with focusing on those senses. 
And then when I'm done, two, three, four minutes later, I come back, I sit down, and then I just finish working on the task that I'm working on. But the focus is, has a lot more clarity and you move forward and the mind thoughts just happen and it just flows. And then you're usually done with your task before you anticipated being done with it by taking these small little energetic breaks. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And I know I do a morning walk because that just sets my day. If I have that clearing and also just being in nature is so helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And physical movement is incredibly powerful when you do that. One of my favorite things to do is to cross country ski. And I happen to live in an environment where I get to do that. And if I have a two, three hour break, I might go take my skis and go ski for half an hour, 45 minutes, and then come back for those exact same reasons, because the physical movement will take the stress and the tension out of the body and allows you greater clarity and focus. Beautiful. And, and where do you live? I live in Montana. So everything we do is like outside. <laughs> if I could live outside, I would. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Sounds really wonderful. So if someone wants to be financially fit, how do they do that? The first step is to recognize and start aligning those subconscious hidden patterns that you may not be aware of with what you consciously want to create. Mm -hmm. And when you start coming into that alignment, the financial fitness just happens. Beautiful. I love that. So just a personal question now, what oh. gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life? Oh, wow. Gosh, I work on this every day. <laughs> I even talk about how happiness is on the inside and to keep a happiness journal so you can start writing down the things where you had the happiness and the joy so you can keep your focus there. I think the thing that brings me the greatest happiness is when I see a client and they are celebrating their story because I hear so many stories of sadness and depression and anxiety, and here's all the traumatic things. Yes, I have compassion, but I also know that as we change that with the client, we can have the celebration over here. And when I see somebody who lets the cancer go out of their body by using the techniques, by overcoming an obstacle they didn't think they could overcome, or they're doing the things they always wanted to do and they were dreaming about, but didn't think they were capable of doing it. And then I see it on social media. It was like, yes, they're living life. They are doing it because they went through the process and it life should be embodied and is celebrated. And that is what brings me the greatest joys when someone is standing fully in their power with who they are as their divine authentic self. And um, to give you an example, um, one of my favorite shows that I used to watch was America's Got Talent. Mm -hmm. And each week they would get better and better and more and more in their energy and the power. And I'm sitting there with a box of Kleenex <laughs> because I am so overwhelmed with the emotion because I feel everything that they're inside is a celebration. So it's really cheers of happiness, but 
I had to stop doing that because I just totally overwhelmed myself with all of that. <laughs> That's wonderful, actually. Really wonderful <laughs> overwhelm. So, so we'll go back to the logical things. So if people wanted to work with you, how do they find you? Do you have a website? Tell us where you can find your books. Just kind of go through the list of what you offer and where people can find you. Yeah, the easiest way to get in contact with me is through my website, which is DonnaCampbell.com. If you're interested in the Financially Fit book, it is on Amazon, or you can order it from my personal website, which is financiallyfitbook.com. And then from there, I do have programs in different ways. And then uh, to contact me, or if you were wanting to go into the program to learn how to do some of this, it's all there on the website. And then on social media, whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, pick one. It's under my name, Donna Campbell. All right. Well, thank you. And thanks so much for being on the podcast today. And thank you for having me. Yes. Yes. I have one last question before we finish. Uh-huh. What's your best advice on living an incredible, extraordinary life? Any time you need to make a decision, make that decision based on your own happiness and then choose to accept the results of your happiness. Great, I love it. Thank you so much, Donna. All right, thank you. Yep, we'll talk to you again soon.